0: You are Locked On, Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas
1: Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Raiders!
0: Everything runs through love.
1: Great to be with you again on Locked On, Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. And thanks as always to those making us their first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get Podcast. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use our code locked on college for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. That's daily fantasy sports made easy at prizepicks.com slash locked on college. With the only Chris level, I'm Casey Cowan. Welcome to a very special game day edition of Locked on Texas Tech. Happy little Friday to those who celebrate and hope you're celebrating. If you do tonight, At Jones Stadium. It's the battle for the saddle. The West Texas Championship, Red Raiders and Horn Frogs, Texas Tech and Texas Christian. And Chris, this is something that is really intriguing because of some recent history we're trying to turn around. Want to get to that coming up in just a moment. We'll have some keys to a victory and something that you're going to see as part of this matchup coming up tonight from the Jones that we wonder is possibly part of a larger trend in the Big 12 conference. We'll get to as well. But Chris, as I mentioned, some recent history here within this series has not been kind to Texas Tech. The saddle you have only got to mount, I think, one time since it's been returned to this series and uh, looking to change that. And as obviously we talked about on yesterday's bonus scheduling episode, going to be a year here coming up pretty soon where you don't get Texas Christian. So you need this every opportunity while you have it. And uh, it's a big one as Texas Tech comes off an open week. And tries to actually put some win back in the sales and pursue maybe bowl eligibility. Yeah, and if you have a if you have
0: tickets to the game this evening, make sure you get there for the flyover. I'm a big fan of the flyover, man. I'm sorry, oh, yeah. but uh, I, I bow down to the flyover. I think the flyover is uh, tremendous. How many times can I say flyover in my opening statement <laughs> here of our lovely Thursday show? Um, yeah, th- this is uh, this has been an interesting. I think series uh you know they they've beaten you i think we we talked about that a couple days ago seven of nine times uh you know i I think your your last win uh, against tc was in 2018 on a thursday night ironically enough i think jet duffy quarterbacked you to a i think what was 17 14 maybe was the uh, was the game that you got there and um this one you know it's just a it's a a game that I think people care about. I think that it's, we had the whole cactus thing last year and it's funny because I remember, you know, last year we all know TCU's journey, but you know, your journey to Fort Worth last year is I remember just the, the, the immediate (laughs) last matchup uh, because the the things I remember about in that game, they, they had a punt return for touchdown, which was kind of backbreaking. They didn't score. I want to say this. They didn't score an offensive touchdown against you, until the, it was either the fourth quarter or the second half for sure. Uh, And it was a, and and you, you, you were cycling through quarterbacks. I think you played three different quarterbacks in that game Uh, as, you know, I think Tyler was just coming back on it and and it's, it's his infancy of being able to come back and, you know, he he was not really ready yet. Barron had a high ankle sprain and then Donovan was also dinged up, but they all three were kind of somewhat cleared to play and they all did. But uh, and TCU just, you know, they they beat you in a close one. They pulled away uh, late. But, uh, you know, it's funny because I, I reminisced about this with Coach McGuire on his show. I don't know if you remember this, Cowan, but last year you were playing TCU and Fort Worth at 11 a.m. They're undefeated. They're rolling. They're winning all the close ones and all those things. And you show up to the airport and you had moved your flight up like a day before moved it up like an hour or so because of potential weather in in the metroplex area gonna go ahead and get out of town early and beat it and we i think show up at the at the airport and and you you get on the plane about 11 30 and we would sit there and sit there and sit there and it was just like hey uh and we're we're in about 30 more minutes it's going to clear up or there's a window in about half an hour just just sit tight we sat there so long they delivered dinner there uh pizza uh at about four or five o'clock a couple guys graduated received their degrees i (laughs) mean miles price is doing karaoke up there trying to entertain himself Uh, we've gone through all the security that you're supposed to go through and so you're in a, in a, at this point, you're you're restricted. It's like, okay, if you get off the plane, if we get all get off the plane, like we got to all get off and then restart the process all over. But th- to, to a long story short, we sat there and I think we, it wasn't wheels up until like 7.30 or 8 p.m. I mean, sitting on a plane for about seven to eight, maybe even longer than that hours is for a tall person like me, miserable. I mean, absolutely <laughs> helpless and miserable. And there were there were people like going, you know what? I think I might just get off and like go get my car and drive and I'll, I'll just take my chances. You know, and no if y'all beat, if you, if you beat me there, then, then still be it. And then one of the airline guys is like, we can let people off on the runway if you just want to stretch your legs, but only 20 at a time. I mean, it was just like, I was like, literally my head was about to explode and, and, and all their routine was off that night. No meetings, no movie, no whatever they do. And it was, Get, and we ended up landing in Fort Worth. We were supposed to land at in, in Love Field in Dallas, I think, but they they basically just took them straight to the hotel in uh, in Las Colinas, I think. And we just ate and then get their rearing in bed because they had to, the wake up call was coming like at six thirty or seven in the morning because you got to get up, eat, and then get get over to Fort Worth for a, for an eleven a.m. or, er. and you still hung in there a little bit. And so, uh, and that was a really, really good TCU team. This TCU team, not near as good. They're trying to figure it out. They've lost three of four. Uh, they're, they've dealt with a quarterback injury as well. And Chandler Morris is down and they've gone to Josh Hoover who redshirted last year. Uh, but this is a, this is a total, like tonight's game is a total coin flip, man. It's a total toss up. I think both teams have some talent. Both teams haven't necessarily put it together. Both teams have dealt with turnovers um, you know, both teams haven't had it all click, you know, for them yet. And I think this is kind of one of those games that will kind of determine, you know, whether whether you can finish out the year strong or not, uh, because I think your schedule is not exactly easy. Uh, I think there's maybe a bit tougher on paper to finish it up. So we'll, we'll see what we get tonight. Uh, but it's really and I know we're about to talk about this, but it's really goes down to two of the best running backs, not just in the Big 12, but in the country,
1: going toe-to-toe tonight, and who kind of has the better day there. Yeah, and it's kind of an inconvenient time uh, to talk about that for the horn Frogs, at least, but you know, among the few things that have been clicking pretty consistently for them so far this year, the ground game has been on that list, but they're coming off of one of their toughest outings of the year, only 113 uh, against K-State last time around. We'll see if they can bounce back from that, but you know, you're asking me a question about possibly uh, a larger trend. First today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the most exciting way to test your skills and play daily fantasy sports and a great way to add juice to any game anytime. And if you've got the game, you can turn 10 bucks into 250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay Quick withdrawals and a giant selection of players, projections, and stat categories are just part of what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use our code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, right now, Prize Picks is going to match your first deposit up to $100. With the promo code locked on college at prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Daily fantasy sports made easy. We talked about the Big 12 conference from a bigger picture point of view. Now, obviously, what you got in this matchup represents this, but there's also a young man in Stillwater, Oklahoma, making some waves and elsewhere that there's like some revival or return of the running back. Is this a flash in the pan, or do you really think this is something that could hang around for a while?
0: Well, what, what, what is fascinating, as I, I I would say that I mean, look, Ollie Gordon at Oklahoma State kind of just kind of I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but it's like okay, this is working. Let's feature him. Taj Brooks oh, yeah. the same way for for you <laughs> for you here, um, because there's a couple things that have happened. One is typically most schools. You know, and, and really, NFL teams are no different. There, there's a lot of teams, whether college, pro, whatever, you, you have a stable of or, or a two-headed monster, kind of like you used to have with Sir Roderick when he was here. Shared carries. One guy can't really handle it. And and I think what we're seeing now is that there's more feature backs that, than we're used to seeing, which is kind of, you thought, had kind of gone away. That is fascinating to me. Just to give you an idea and, I, and I, I'm guessing most people that pay attention to this realize this, but maybe some don't. But four of the best running backs in the country, yardage-wise, are in the Big 12 Conference. In fact, four of the top six power five backs from a yardage standpoint are in the Big 12 Conference. You will see two of them tonight in Amani in Bailey and Taj Brooks. The other one is is Jonathan Brooks at Texas and then Ollie Gordon at Oklahoma State. North Carolina and Notre Dame each have a running back as well. But th- th- they rank in the top 12 total in yardage. Okay. Total yardage uh from scrimmage. And and but if you just if you just dumb that down into just power five backs, the, the four of the top six in the Big 12, and then obviously you've you've got two of them that we, we'll talk about here in a little bit. The, what what I think is fascinating about does this have a chance to stay around or whatever is used to everybody in this league for the most part, it was spread it out and let's throw it a lot. Defenses have adjusted. I think you have like, let's keep everything in front, which basically just some, sometimes I think defenses were set up. We dare you to run it, like go for it. It's a lost start. We don't think you can do it and do it consistently and then beat me doing it. Um, and and so now we've, we've seen this resurgence of not just the running back, but tight ends. Everybody's got multiple tight ends. You, you're seeing 12 and 13 personnel groups with a lot of teams and a lot of what offenses do um, instead of just four wide on every single play and all that. And it's just funny how the league is kind of morphed and changed. I don't know, once you expand to 16 and the Pac-12 folks come in, I don't know if there's some big picture statement I can give you that, all the league does this, or the majority of the league does that, because it's going to be so, you know, it's like cats and dogs are going to be playing with each other and all that stuff. And so I'm not sure what that will look like. I'm just talking about the traditional Big 12 that we've been used to seeing. Because when, when Iowa State was doing what they were doing defensively, they were out there on an island. And then everybody kind of was like, you know what? This works. And now there's so many variations of it. Uh, but I think what it's just fascinating that there's a lot of good running backs in the league. And you'll see two of them. And I, I'll be the first one to tell you. Before the season started, you and I weren't sitting here thinking that Taj Brooks was going to go over a thousand yards, or, or or carrying it thirty-one times one night, twenty-seven another night, and be the you know and be this feature. It's not necessarily. I don't think the best thing for your team either. That that this is this has happened because I think you need he needs help. You need more around him. You need some some different playmakers around him. But it's still. Because I think that's part of TCU's problem, too. I think Amani uh, Bailey hasn't necessarily had as much help around him either. Um, but, you know, Jonathan Brooks has Xavier Worthy, and they've got a stud-tied end. And I think Ollie Gordon, he's, gonna, he's been really the show in Stillwater. We'll see if they can continue to, to feature him and all that. But it's anyway, it's just a fascinating kind of look to see how the league has kind of cycled and
1: kind of morphed and changed a bit compared to what it used to be. Yeah, they say so many things about it are copycat, and I guess that does wind up to be the truth in a lot of ways and that also so many things are cyclical. But I got to tell you, with the evolution of football towards, you know, seven-on-seven skeleton drill, flags in the waistband or whatever, I kind of thought, no, the running back is not going to be cyclical or the power ground game, the featured back, that's not cyclical. That's going to go the way of the Dodo Bird, and it's going to stay gone. I, I don't know what the answer is yet, but how did you feel about that specifically, the cyclical nature of so many other things, but the running back and using them in the way that we're describing here? You know, is that one of those things that you thought, well, yeah, eventually it'll come back around? Or did you see an evolution towards more of a spread out game representing? No, it's kind of gone for good.
0: It's a, I mean, it's a great question. I, and I'll tell you, as I'm sitting here talking about it, you know, one thing we don't see as much of either is that, you know, like, with what I'm talking about, whenever he was four wide, when, when the running back was involved, a lot of times you'd throw it to him. That was, I mean, like we, we could do the Torian Henderson, Texas Tech thing a lot. Like, you know, that's yeah. how the running back was used. That was a carry in so many ways. It's like, man, just, just hit him out of the backfield. And, and that that's the same thing as a handoff with the way a lot of offenses were run. And now you don't you don't see near as much, you know, throwing to the running back either. Uh, it's just, I, I, I don't know where we're going from here. Uh, I don't know if this was anybody's intention per se, you know, where, where you're like, you know, in the offseason, you're like, we're going to have a feature back. We're going to, we're going we're gonna to get this dude a thousand yards. We're going to recruit to this identity. We're going to do all that. I, I just don't know if anybody's really rolling that way. It's just kind of the way that things have worked out, but um, it's a credit to guys like, you know, Taj and, and, and this, uh, you know, Imani Bailey kid and some of these other guys for being able to carry the workload, because a lot of times, you just don't find guys that can hold up under that workload. They just break down. They they can't do it. And even Kenny Perry has told me multiple times, Tosh Brooks can only do so much. You know, like he he's and there's multiple times this season whenever people have said, "Why are you not running more?" Hand it to him. Well, I don't think they're ever going to say this, but a lot of times he's just said, "Hey man, I need a blow. I got I'm I, I I'm not I'm not good right now. Like I, I need I need a rest." Um, um and he doesn't major in that by any means, but there's just times true. when it's like he can only he can only give you so much, and a lot of these guys are the same. But uh
1: hey, anyway, and the season isn't done yet, by the way. We got a month. No, so we'll see if he's able to hold up or true or even get to some of these marks we're talking I, about.
0: I think you can get him you potentially could get him over a thousand yards tonight. Yes. And I just yeah. think that's that's fascinating to me. What is it?
1: 112, you you said I, I think, think he nine, needs
0: 100. Eight. I think he needs 113 yards uh, yeah. if I'm if I'm doing the math right. Yeah, 113 yeah, I think yards, 887, something like yep, that. Yep, that. that's what he's got from scrimmage right now. He's got six touchdowns to go with it. Uh, Monty Bailey could, you know, I mean, let's hope he doesn't. But he's sitting there at 851. Uh, so if he gets 149 yards, he will he will hit the thousand yard mark, and he's just got the two touchdowns. But um, you know, so anyway, it's just kind of interesting. And as we talk about this game tonight. These two guys are prominently featured for good reason, and it's really about maybe, maybe at the end of the day, both of them are are pretty good, and no, neither one of them can kind of take over per se. But each team's going into this, going, our guy has to good have a good night, and we got to stop the or limit the other guy. It's really the same same as for both uh, teams, head coaches, coordinators, however you want to look at this. Get my guy going. Make sure their guy doesn't get going is really a huge key for tonight.
1: Yeah, you were talking about anticipating what Taj Brooks uh, would do coming into the season and some of this being a surprise as far as the number of carries and you know being this close to a 1,000 yards with still uh, a handful of games left to be played. And I would have said I wouldn't have seen that coming either. And I was thinking while you're talking about it that some of that, though, may have been rooted in a hope that you wouldn't have had to have that come be this way to just try to keep your head above water. But that that's been the case, unfortunately, offensively, whether it's with um, some inconsistency from a pass catcher standpoint, or obviously the revolving door injury wise at the quarterback position, think about where you would be if you didn't have Taj Brooks doing what he's done to this point in the season, that could be really scary. And just as a football fan, I'm rooting for the return of the running back. I'm rooting for the return of black and blue football across the board in a lot of ways, I think as a Tech fan, I've kind of been traumatized uh, in the way that I've, I've wound up feeling like a wide receiver is about the least impactful position on a team. Because for a long time, we're just collecting them in bunches. And unless they're Michael Crabtree, we're still going five and seven or six and six or something. So how about an RB here or there that's got four or five stars beside his name? I wouldn't mind to go around here or there. I don't think Tech is going to get that dramatically into it. But maybe we do see it continue to cycle in that direction. More so in mass, I doubt we see a whole lot of K State impressions, uh, but you'll see some physicality. There's no doubt about that in this matchup tonight with these two guys.
0: Yeah, and and I th- I think if you go look at, uh, I may be slightly wrong in this, but I think if you go look at pass attempts versus rushing attempts this year for Texas Tech's offense, there's one play difference in like, I mean, you you are as balanced as you could possibly be. And I think they would have preferred to have run it a bit more in recent weeks, but you get behind and then you've, 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 you've had to throw it maybe more than you wanted to, especially with uh, somebody like you know Jake Strong and some of the defenses that he's had to face or the venues he's been in. But um, no. I, I, uh, I I will say this, though. I don't expect Taj to like go for 31 carries on this evening. I think you've got a quarterback chomping at the bit that feels pretty good ready to kind of get back into the groove of things and like do his gunslinger thing. Uh, not that you will, not that you will abandon Taj Brooks. Uh, not what I'm saying. I think you will hand him the ball plenty. Maybe it's closer to 21 than it is the 31. However, I do think your quarterback is ready to be a part of things again and really, you know, and I think everybody over there is pretty excited about that aspect based on what, <laughs> yeah. you know, Coach McGuire and Coach Hamby and uh, even Caleb Rogers uh, told me on on uh, Coach McGuire's show. It's like I think one of them used the quote, dude, having Baron out there like feeling good again is like everybody drank 10 Red Bulls. And I'm like, whoa! Time out. Uh, that may may that may make your heart explode. You try to suck that much uh, energy drink down at once, uh, but still, I think it's the statement. The statement made its point with me. I think I kind of picked up what they were putting down, and it's yeah. like, okay, yeah, he's he's. You know, I don't think he's a hundred percent back, but I think boy, it's as close as he's been since uh, prior to the West Virginia game. So that part is fun. They've got
1: wings. It gave them all wings. <laughs> They're walking on air, yeah. and I can tell you. Three straight days, Red Bull Vodka, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, doable. That fourth one is not. That's where you got to draw the line. I learned that roughly 2006, 2007. All right, let's get a little further into this matchup before we get out of here, Chris, because you're right, man. There is mucho urgency. For both of these teams. First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book, and the official sports book of Locked On. And fall is in the air, helmets are on heads, briskets are on smokers, and the action is with America's number one sports book. And there's never been a better time to join in on that action than right now because new FanDuel customers can bet only $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed so dive in and join in on the fun with FanDuel by downloading their safe secure and easy to use app where you can bet on all things under the sports sun and when you're a winner you're always paid instantly with FanDuel so visit FanDuel.com slash locked on that's FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to bet five bucks and get $200 back in bonus bets Guaranteed with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Let's get a little further into this matchup before we get out of here, Chris, because you're right, man. There is mucho urgency for both of these teams. Tech has not got some primrose path to walk down. They've got a tough one uh, coming up, obviously, on a couple of different fronts before this season is over. Even worse, I would think, at least in my opinion, for the Horn Frogs, they got the Red Raiders they got Texas coming to their house. They got Baylor, and then they're finishing the year in Norman, Oklahoma. So where are their next two wins to get to bowl eligibility? You tell me. Where are Texas Tech's new uh three wins, pardon me, to get to bowl eligibility? You tell me it's got to start here, you would think, for either one of these teams, if you're gonna feel better about those chances as we get into November. So, where do we start the conversation for Texas Tech if we're thinking about a path to a win? Well, I, you know, I, it's, it sounds like Captain
0: Obvious, but you got to be able to run it and stop it. You know, stop the run. You know, the, the, those are obvious. Is that that's cliché ish, but that's the way I think this game is going to go at some level. I think the, you, you know, and to keep to stay with the clichés and the the obvious, the, the turnover margin just can't be so lopsided, man. You, you just you know, we've touched on this, but like your Oregon, your Kansas State, your BYU games—eleven turnovers, zero takeaways. We, we got you. You got to find some some balance there. Uh, and, and, and with that, I think you got to get this. You, you know, whether it's Barron doing something, uh, w- w- throwing it, or whether it's a special teams, you got to get this crowd engaged and kind of juiced up a bit. Uh, you know, sun goes down. You you got to fly over. You got hopefully a huge student crowd. You know, they're having a drone show in between yeah. the third and fourth quarter, all, all these kinds of things. You got Mike Jones, who? Oh. Yeah, Mike Jones. That's exactly right. And don't forget about the boss, Lynn <laughs> Tuck. <Lim Douglas. laughs> yeah, that's right. You got them performing pregame. But you gotta get the, the these folks uh something to, to to be revved up about. And uh I, I that's not necessarily a key, uh, per se, but that that is like an intangible that I just think you know that you've gotta <laughs> It's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it just it just is. Um yeah. I I think I think the other thing, like here here's your here's your uh game within the game deal is I think TCU has really, you know, struggled with their their red zone offense. They their kicker has missed six field goals on the year. They have gotten into the red zone 32 times and only come away with 15 touchdowns. That's one of the worst teams in the country in, in that, you know, because c- I'm a here telling you, Monty Bailey, with all these yards, he's got two touchdowns. So I, I think the whole bend but don't break. And and, and so essentially what I'm, I'm saying is this, don't give up the explosives. Like if you can get them into that area and just don't give up an explosive, they've been shown that they'll miss a kick or just can't. You Know go for it, not get it, whatever. It just bend but don't break. And you just don't need to give up the 60 yarder or, or the 50 yarder or, or the, the whatever via the pass or the run. And I, I think I so I think defensively, yes, you want to make sense of takeaways, but and and I'm like personnel wise, I'm really anxious to see Jacob Rodriguez, but I'm also interested to see like Tyler Owens closer to the line of scrimmage. I think he's a bit faster than CJ Baskerville. I think that they want to showcase that a bit. And I think that him being closer to the ball may create some havoc. Uh, we'll see what we get. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful uh, there. But I don't know if I've given you, like, hardcore keys. I think these are more some obvious ones. But red zone defense, I think, is, is a big one. And I, I just I can't emphasize enough. You've lost so many games because of just the turnover is, yes. just is such a problem. The, the margin. Um, and we we can point fingers at the offense or the defense, point them at both, point them at one over the other. I don't – it's all a problem. you got to get it fixed. You can't beat yes. – you, you can't beat decent to good teams if, if you don't, you know, because
1: you're just not good enough to overcome some of it, as we've seen. It's all a problem. I just found the title for this episode. Um, <laughs> look, I, I want to be smart, brilliant, and deep also – but how can you get into the complexities of some other portion of the game zooming right past a 4 or 5 nothing turnover margin? Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't seem smart in and of itself. So I'm just going to make a pit stop with you right there and say, do anything but that. Anything but 4-0, 3-0, 5-0 type of turnover margin deficit. However that comes, it could be 5-3. You could take it away three times and still turn it over 5, I guess, if you want to go that route. It could be zero zero. 0 And that would be better. (laughs) Anything but what you've done there, which is just shoot every one of your toes off. There's no question about it. And one more question before we're out of here, Chris, I'm thinking Spike Dykes on the shoulders of EJ Holub, Cheryl Swoops and Marcia Sharp winning a national championship, Michael Crabtree strolling in to the end zone yesterday, 15 years ago. Iconic images in Texas Tech history. Does one stand above them all? Mike Jones and the late, great Mike Leach on a Texas Tech practice field. Is that number one? It may be. <laughs> that was,
0: uh, I, I was there that day. I thought you uh, would be. I was there that day, yes. And I, I was like, okay. And, and I and I learned real quickly not to go, who is this guy? And they're like, who? You know, oh, and yeah. I, I was, yeah, I know. I'm like, shame on me. But yeah, that was, uh, and watching Coach Leach uh, interact or kind of get familiarized with uh th- this this rapper from h-town man it was like it was awesome i mean it was like yeah well, uh, I, I was a huge fan of while of i believe whole, like, if i'm moment. not
1: mistaken Leech is like wearing his like texas tech hawaiian shirt or something in the and fu- car and
0: cargo shorts yeah, and flip-flops classic
1: Leech style with his, his glasses
0: around his glasses around his neck his kind of hat like tilted up so you can still see his uh his hair yeah freaking great
1: man uh just amazing um, Look it up if you're not familiar. And uh, (laughs) glad to have Mike Jones and Slim Thug back in the LBK once again. I'm sure lifelong Red Raider fans. All right, enjoy the ball game. Enjoy the concert. Enjoy the flyover. Enjoy the drone show. Enjoy the nachos. Whatever you got coming your way. It's a game day in the LBK, and we only get so many. So make good use of it, even though it is a little Friday. You know what that means, right? Remember your college days when you were thirsty on a Thursday. Get back into that vibe. We're going to be back on the other side to react and recap, of course, as we will wrap up the week before we get into the weekend, for better or worse. Chris, enjoy the call there on the sideline, man. Appreciate the time, as always.
0: I appreciate it, man. It should be fun. Yeah, just after tonight, man. One home game left. Uh, oh, cool. So all that, all that steel structure you're you're seeing, uh, it will be completed. Uh, you know pretty quick uh, but yeah just the one game versus central florida left after this one so hopefully see most of you all out there tonight if you can be there uh, or be tuned in or whatever but we'll uh we'll bring you the immediate reaction i guess uh come friday morning
1: yeah any march towards bowl eligibility seemingly has to begin with a win tonight so hopefully that's what we're discussing on the other side and we hope to see you then for chris i'm casey thanks for joining us and hope to see you for the next round on locked on texas tech